Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Old radio. Comedy podcast. Welcome to episode seventy of season four of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Penny Singleton got her start in silent movies, then in vaudeville and was famous at a young age for performing with Milton Berle and appearing on Broadway with Jack Benny in The Great Temptations. She became known to a wider audience after being cast as Blondie in the 1938 film of the same name, based on the comic strip, opposite Arthur Lake as Dagwood. This led to a radio show of the same name, where they both reprised their movie characters, and it proved to be so successful that 27 sequel Blondie films were made from 1938 to 1950. The radio show also ended in that year. Singleton also had her own radio sitcom, The Penny Singleton Show, which ran for one season in 1950. She played Penny Williamson, a widowed single mother living in a small town who lost her husband in World War II. The show focused on the trials and tribulations of trying to raise her two children on her own while also being courted by two men, played by Gail Gordon and Jim Bacchus. Now sit back and enjoy the June 20, 1950 broadcast of The Penny Singleton Show, and the April 17, 1944 broadcast of Blondie, also starring Penny Singleton. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Penny Singleton Show. Hello. Happy that you're here. On stage tonight from Hollywood, The Penny Singleton Show. In our story, Penny is Mrs. Penny Williamson, a war widow and the mother of two girls, 13-year-old D.G. and 8-year-old Sue. As Penny says, they are growing and changing so fast that she sometimes feels as if she has a new set of children every 24 hours. She is up in her room tidying up for dinner now as Margaret, her cook, calls upstairs. Dinner's ready, Mrs. Williamson. All right, Margaret, I'll call the girls. They're in their room. Mother, don't take another staff. Why, Sue, I didn't know you were in the hall. Is D.G. in her room? Yes, but please, don't staff. D.G., dinner. All right, Mother. Oh, Sue, why are you crawling around the floor? Bert Lancaster got loose. Bert Lancaster. <laughs> Which or what is Bert Lancaster? My bullfrog. He hopped out here and I can't find him. <laughs> I thought you promised D.G. you wouldn't keep frogs in your room anymore. You know how she feels. She doesn't mind anymore. Since when? Did you say dinner, Mother? Yes, D.G. I'm sorry your sister forgot her promise about frogs. What frogs? Be careful where you walk, D.G. All right. You see, Mother? Yes. I've never seen her like that. I got frogs in the bedroom. She's got bats in the belfry. <laughs> That's no way to... Come on, let's go down to dinner. We've got to find Bert first, please. Oh, all right. Well, I don't see him. He must be hiding. We'll have to give him the lady frog love call. What's that? Gunk. He'll answer if he gets interested. 
Well, um, how do you tell a lady frog's call from a man frog's? I don't know, but the bullfrog sure do. <laughs> it's obvious you do nothing to Bert. He thinks of me more as a friend. Uh, you try, Mother. Oh, good heavens. He'll answer if he likes you. Oh, but... Oh, well. Gunk? Uh, there he is. I see him. Gosh, Mother, you sure got frog appeal. <laughs> Hurry down to dinner, Sue. All right. I'll go on ahead and try to find out what's wrong with D.G. <laughs> You're hardly touching your food I'm just not hungry Do you feel all right? Oh, I feel... I feel wonderful You do? Anybody want more vegetables? No, thanks, Margaret No, thanks Sue, you haven't touched your Brussels sprouts What's the matter with them, Sue? Nothing, Mother I just don't like them All good little girls eat Brussels sprouts, Sue <laughs> Name one <laughs> You haven't eaten any either, D.G. Well, I'm not... Do you two kids realize where Belgium would be today if people didn't eat their Brussels sprouts? <laughs> no, where? That's a good question. <laughs> I'll get your tea. Oh, Mrs. Williamson, would you mind if I just rinsed and stacked the dishes tonight? My friend Leonard Frybacker wants to take me to the drive-in movies. Of course not. What picture are you going to see? I don't know. When you go to a drive-in movie with Leonard Frybacker, who cares what's playing? <laughs> well, enjoy yourself. Thank you. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, I, I think I told Judge Grendel I'd go to the movies with him tonight. Well, we can go tomorrow night when Margaret's home. Mother, can I go swimming again tomorrow? Yes, if D.G. will take you again. Will you, D.G.? D.G.? D.G., I'm talking to you. What? Oh, I don't care for any more Brussels sprouts, thank you. Now, really, what is the matter with you? She's in love with the dreamboat she met at the beach. Sue, you promised. Every time he flicked a muscle, she died. <laughs> Sue! Uh, D.G., you like someone? Oh, my goodness, why do you want to make a secret of that? Mother, I don't think you understand. I like him a lot, but I'm sure he doesn't even give me the slightest thought. His name is Tommy Tramwell, and... Let's face it, he's an older man. Oh, dear. How old is he, do you know? He's 15. <laughs> oh. Early 15 or late? Late. I see. It seems so hopeless. That's why I didn't want to talk about it. He probably asked someone and found out I was a mere 13. But you left the beach bag. What did you do? Well, I deliberately left my beach bag. I arranged with Lois to tell him after I left that it was mine, and then she was going to tell him where I lived. I was hoping he'd return it, but she probably told him I was 13 and grabbed him for herself. Tommy Trammell. I think I know his mother and father. They're very nice people. Thank you, Mother, but real honest love has to happen all by itself. Well, I belong to the school of thought that believes in helping it along a little. Come on, let's do the dishes for Margaret tonight. Just a few more and we're done. And then you're off to bed, Sue. All right. Here's the last dish, D.G. Thanks. That does it. Oh, Mother, maybe that's... 
Oh, Mother. Oh, that's all right. Go ahead and answer the door. Help me pick up the pieces, Sue. Boy, love sure is rough on dishes. Yes, I'd better start using the old china. Am I gonna be goony about boys someday? Mm-hmm. What a future. Well, I guess we got all the pieces. Let's go see if Tommy's here. Sure hope so. She's been easy to live with ever since she saw him today. D.G., is that... It's your... only Judge Grundle. Oh, what a joyous welcome. It's only Judge Grundle. Hello, Judge. Won't you sit down? Oh, thank you. Hello, Judge Grundle. Hello, my dear little Susan. I'm going up to my room, Mother. All right, dear. And, Sue, I think you'd better get to bed. You've had a long day. All right. Judge Grundle? Yes? Did you know Mother had frog appeal? <laughs> Frog appeared? Oh, I imitated a frog and her bullfrog answered. <laughs> I went, gunk. <laughs> well, Penny, you appeal to me too, gunk. <laughs> you see? Gee, you're as cute as Bert Lancaster, Judge. Oh, uh, well, that's Bert <laughs> Lancaster. Well, now that you mention it, I suppose there is a definite resemblance. Well, maybe you do look like him a little bit. Well, thank you, Susan. I'm delighted you see the similarity. Too bad your mother isn't so observant. You should be glad I'm not because Bert Lancaster is her bullfrog. <laughs> oh. Night. Good night, dear. I'll be off in a minute. Hey, good night. Judge, I gave Margaret the evening off so we could go out tomorrow night instead of tonight. Would you mind just visiting here? Penny, I'd like to visit here 365 nights of the year. I know, Judge. Judge, Judge, if you'd only call me by my first name, I'd have some hope. But I... Oh, try uh... it, Penny. Go ahead. Call me Bessemer. <laughs> oh, Judge, I... There you go with Judge again. All right, if you only think of me as a judge, let me put my proposal this way. Let me sentence you for life. Oh, dear, but I don't believe in capital punishment. <laughs> well, marrying me would not be capital punishment. It would be life imprisonment. I, I don't mean that marrying me would be life imprisonment. I mean that if you married uh, me... Judge, when I sent it... judge, hmm? you're saved by the bell. Excuse me. Oh, Mother, is that... I don't know, dear. I'll have to open the door first. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is this where D.G. Williamson lives? Yes, I'm Mrs. Williamson. I'll bet you're Tommy Trammell. Come on in. Uh, hello. Uh, D.G. left her beach bag in Oh, I... go on into the living room. I'll call her. Thank you. D.G., it's Tommy Trammell. <laughs> Whom did you say was calling, Mother? He's in the living room. Here she is, Tommy. Uh, hello, D.G. You left your beach bag and I... Oh, it's so nice of you to return it. Uh, have you met Judge Grendel, Tommy? Yes, I have. Uh, is that a ukulele you have there? Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. Ukuleles are back, aren't they? Well, all the ancient things are back, Mother. Jazz, the old songs, ukuleles, the Charleston. Can you play it, Tommy? Well, I'm just learning, uh, but on this far... My dog has fleas! <laughs> Gosh, he's very talented, isn't he, Mother? <laughs> Can you play it, D.G.? Well, I've learned a little. Would you like to go out in the front porch and practice? Well, sure. My, that's just what we used to do. Come on. You know, you seem older now than you did at the beach. 
Is that bad? DG's first boyfriend. My, how time flies. Thank you. Uh, tomorrow night for sure? Oh, of course. Oh, and I'll invite a few of our mutual friends. We can have a Charleston party. You're sure you don't have to ask your mother first? Well, I'll consult with her, but I'm at the age now where mother doesn't treat me like a, like a child anymore. Oh, I'm glad you are. I prefer older women. If there's anything I hate, it's kids' parties. You know, with mothers and fathers always hanging around. Oh, I do, too. I'm at the age now where mother trusts me. You're keen and old. Thank you We don't mean to interrupt, but Judge Grundle is just leaving Oh, I was just going too It's been swell, D.G. Nice to meet you, Mrs. Williamson uh, Judge Grundle yeah, Good night Good night, Tommy Night Good night I'll see you tomorrow night at the party All right, good night Oh, what party is that, dear? Well, Mother, could I have some friends in tomorrow night for a Charleston party? But, darling, I'm going out with Horace Wiggins tomorrow night. Oh, oh, no, 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 with me, Penny. Oh, no, I accepted Mr. Wiggins' invitation for dinner and... Holy torpedo. I told you I... Oh, dear. Uh, no, no, but, Mother, it's all right if you go out. <laughs> Mother, I want Tommy to think I'm older than 13. Penny, how could you do this to me? Well, you know my friends, Mother, and if there's parents around, Tommy will think I'm a mere child. But, Judge, I forgot. And, D.G., I just don't know. Mother, my whole future's at stake. Now, D.G. Horace Wiggins, to think that you could do this to me. Now, Judge. Mother, if you do this to me, I just don't think I can go on. D.G., don't talk like that. Go to your room. I refuse to Accept the change of plans. I'll see you tomorrow night. But, Mother, I don't care if I ever see you again, Leonard Frybacker. <laughs> DG, I'll talk to you in the morning. I may not live until morning. Oh, dear. Oh, Mrs. Williamson. Margaret, you're not in trouble, too. It was terrible. We went to the drive-in. We parked where there weren't many other cars. We turned off the lights. I moved closer to him. And then... Sounds all right so far. And then what? Betty Grable! <laughs> In color, too! Oh, what a life. the Penny Singleton Show. It's early the next morning as Penny enters the office of the Williamson and Wiggins Real Estate Agency. Her partner, Horace Wiggins, is already at the office as Penny enters. Good morning, Penny. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Mr. Wiggins. You're in earlier than usual. Oh, I couldn't help it. Woke up this morning at seven, heard the birds singing, saw the sun shining, bounced out of bed ready to tackle a full day. Why, even threw the window wide open and did calisthenics. Then you came right to work. No, I had to go back to bed to recuperate. <laughs> but even so, I couldn't help getting here early, you know. I feel like a million now. Uh, you're early, too. Did this beautiful day do the... <laughs> Same thing to you? 
No, it didn't. Between Dee Dee and Margaret at breakfast this morning, I had to get out early. Oh, Penny, are you going to let something depress you on a beautiful, wonderful day like this? Yes. Well, now, if you weren't depressed, I bet you'd have a different attitude about things. I mean, like, uh... <laughs> well, for example, even marrying me. I would. Well, sure you would. Now, let's tackle each little problem. Clear it up, then you'll start the day with a smile. Now, first of all, what's the matter with Margaret? All the time she was serving breakfast, she kept mumbling, what's Betty Grable got that I haven't got? I hope you didn't tell her. <laughs> Mr. Wiggins, Margaret cuts a very nice figure of a woman. Yeah, but the scissors slipped in several places. <laughs> She had a fight last night with Leonard something or other. Oh, now you know these things don't last more than a day with Margaret. Now, let's tackle the next problem. What is the matter with D.G.? Well, I realize that at 13, everything is a matter of life or death. Mm -hmm. She's just fallen in love for the first time. Well? And it seems absolutely imperative that she prove something by having a small party tonight without a parent around. Since you and I were going out, I didn't feel that uh, that... Uh, will, uh, will Margaret be home? Yes. Of course, I know all of Dee's friends. They're nice youngsters. Well, Margaret takes care of the children while you work. She'll be doing the same thing if she keeps her eye on the party. I guess I just didn't want to face the fact that Dee's growing up. <laughs> there you are. All your problems taken care of. Yes. Uh, now then, as I was saying before, about you and me, if oh, we Oh, wait, could... there is one more problem. And, and this one concerns you. Well, come on, come on. Let's, let's have it. Get the problem over with, so... We can talk about you... Well, I, I got confused and mixed up about dates, and, um, well, um, Judge Grundle's going to be with us tonight, too. <laughs> oh. Well, I've told you all my problems, and you were right. I feel much better. And for the first time, I realize it really is a beautiful day. I think it's gonna rain. <laughs> It's all right, Mother? Yes, dear. Let's see. It's almost seven. Mr. Wiggins and Judge Grundle should be here soon. The kids are coming at seven, too. Can I be at the party? Sue, you may watch the party from the stairs till 8.30. Okay. 8.30. Mm -hmm. I want my friends to meet her. They think she's cute. Oh, cut it out. I'll answer it. Mother, I'm sorry I got upset and childish last night. Don't worry about it. Hello, Sue. Mother's in the living room, Mr. Wiggins. Hello, Mr. Wiggins. Hello, D.G. Hello, Penny. Hello, I'm ready. Just as soon as Judge Grundle gets here. Yes. It's going to be great taking the two of you dancing. <laughs> I'm having a wonderful party tonight, Mr. Wiggins. We're going to do the Charleston. Tommy's bringing his uke, and Jack Randall's bringing drums, and George Stern plays the piano. It's going to be a real Charleston party. It's the thing, you know. That's Judge Grundle. We'll meet him at the door and leave right away. Have a nice time, D.G. Oh, we'll have a super time, Mother. See you later. Oh, my, this is a good steak. Is yours good, Judge Grundle? Yeah. Mr. Wiggins, yours too? Yeah. I'm... I'm glad. I think it's fun, the three of us going out together. Don't you, Judge Grundle? Yeah? And Mr. Wiggins? Yeah. 
I love the Middleton Inn. It's the only really nice dining, dancing place in town. Do you two agree? Yeah. Well, I'm certainly glad you're both... You're both having fun. I'm having a lot of fun. A lot of fun? <laughs> At Wiggins. The way he looks at Penny. Like a lovesick pickerel. You're, um, enjoying yourself, aren't you, Mr. Wiggins? Hmm? Oh, yes. How can I enjoy myself with that habeas corpus sitting across from me? <laughs> what a judge. When he wears his robes, he looks like a black teepee. Oh. The orchestra is going to play. Uh, may, may I have, I have this dance, Penny? Now, look here, Grant. You look here. I now, please, gentlemen. Really, I, I, I don't care to dance. I, I really just don't care to dance. Um, does anyone know what time it is? 9.30. 9.30? Why, we've been here for two hours. My, how the time has flown. Like glue. Like molasses Yes, it certainly has been fun oh, I'll bet they're having fun at home Fun at home Gentlemen uh, yeah. I want you to know that this has been an evening I shall never forget I started it, so I'm going to end it Take me home, both of you Let's try playing the Charleston again. Maybe we can get together this time. They'll never get together enough so we can dance or have fun. Well, we'll try. George, try it on the piano. Tommy, play it on the uke. Give it to me. I can't help it if I don't know it. George, I can't play the drums the way you're playing the piano. George, stop that piano. Well, wait a minute, I was just... Maybe somebody knows some of the old songs. Let's get some life in the party. All I can play is... <laughs> what a party. Well, it's not my fault if none of you know how to do the things you came over to do. I thought we were going to have fun. Excuse me, I think it's Mother. Oh, no, not her mother. Oh, gee. Oh, Mother. I forgot my key, dear. D.G., what's the matter? Sorry about tonight, I... I'm sorry, too. D.G., what's the trouble? The party's just awful. Awful? Where's Sue? She got bored and went to bed at eight. Uh, uh, D.G., what, what's wrong with the party? Oh, come in, please. Nobody knows how to do anything we plan to do. Uh, let's all go into the living room. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> the party's just dying, and I'm so ashamed that Mother's just awful. Oh, hello, Mrs. Williamson. Hello, Tommy, Jack, Hi. Lois, George... I guess you all know Judge Grundle and Mr. Wiggins. Hey, whose drums are those? They're mine, Judge, but I'm not very good. Uh, what's this old song you were uh, playing on the piano? Yes, ain't she sweet? <laughs> hey, Judge! <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Uh, Penny, they were singing Ain't She Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll never forget that one. Uh, 
Hey, that's good, Mr. Wiggins. Oh, hit it, Judge. Um, uh, Tommy, let me have your ukulele a minute. Start over, Mr. Wiggins. Okay, Benny. Take it, Judge. <laughs> Ain't she sweet? See her coming down the street. Now I ask you very confidentially. Ain't she sweet? The judge and Mr. Wiggins were so good. Oh, good nothing. And that's no banana oil. <laughs> boop, boop, ba-doo. Oh, Wiggins. <laughs> hey, I never knew old people could be so much fun. Boy, if we could only do the Charleston now, everything would be perfect. The Charleston? D.G., take the uke. You know this one. Uh, judge, you're uh, great on the drum. Horace, you make the piano tingle like Gilda Gray. Oh! Come on, boys, the Charleston! It was a keen evening, D.G. Well, I'm glad you had fun, Tommy. I sure did. I wonder if... I wonder if I could ask your mother something. Why, sure. Mother? Yes, D.G.? Mrs. Williamson. Tommy wants to ask you something. What? Well, I was wondering if maybe... If maybe when I come over again, you'd give me some Charleston lessons. And me, too. Why, of course, anytime. Oh, that's swell. D.G. and I'll be the best Charlestoners in town. Oh, good night, and thanks again. Night, Tommy. Night. See you at the beach tomorrow. Oh, he's a nice boy. Oh, Mother. If only you'd been here for the whole evening. I wish I had been. <laughs> I'm such a fool sometimes. Well, maybe someday I'll learn. All I can say now is thanks for being here. You're welcome, darling. And thank you for having us. You saved our lives, too. For a while, it looked like the judge and Mr. Wiggins and I would end up mortal enemies. Uh, rugs are all back down. Uh, everything's in shape, Penny. Thank you both. <laughs> Certainly had a great time. Didn't you, uh, grundle, old boy? <laughs> yes, I sure did, Horace. And thank you, D.G., and thank you, Penny. Thank you for coming. Glad you had fun. Uh, I'll walk away with you, Judge. Fine, fine, Horace, fine. <laughs> Good, Good night. night. Good night, Good night. The party was a real success. Aren't you glad we had the kids over at the house, Mother? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know which one is the younger, Judge Grundle or Horace Wiggins. Singleton Show features Gail Gordon, Jim Backus, Fee Benadera, Mary Lee Robb, and Sheila James, with Conrad Binion, Gloria McMillan, and Bobby Ellis. The music was composed and conducted by Von Dexter. The Penny Singleton Show is written and produced by Robert Soderbergh and stars Penny Singleton. Good night. Keep well.
This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Today is the day that Mr. Dithers is getting out of the hospital, and Dagwood and Blondie, and of course Mrs. Dithers, have gone to the hospital to help him leave. The leg that Mr. Dithers broke kicking Dagwood out of his office several weeks ago is not entirely mended yet, and he, uh, details. Let's look into Mr. Dithers' hospital room and see what's going on there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, J.C., I uh, guess you'll be out of here in a few minutes now, huh? Uh-huh. How do you feel, Mr. Dithers? Terrible. Uh-huh. I'm still a very sick man, Blondie. Oh. Well, Julius, I thought your leg had mended. I think I got another run in it. Oh. <laughs> Julius, I don't think there's anything wrong with you at all. I'm not a well man. I, I can't leave here today. Oh. Why, Mr. Dithers, I'm surprised. I thought you wanted to get out of here and get back to the office. Yeah, Mr. Dithers, I, I thought you just couldn't wait to get out of the hospital so you could hammer me over the head with your crutches. <laughs> Well, I have been looking forward to that glorious moment, but I've had a relapse. Oh. oh, personally, I think he enjoys lounging around the hospital. How can you lounge around with a broken leg? Well, I don't know, but I'll bet you do. <laughs> well, well, hello there. Oh, hello, Dr. Hello, Dr. Hello, I uh, just came in to check you over before we throw you out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not feeling very well, Doctor. Do I have to leave? I'm afraid so. You know that pretty little brunette, Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I here pay very little attention to nurses. But uh, I think I know the one you mean, East 2354. <laughs> well, she said that either you'd have to leave or she'd leave. So, you've got to leave. <laughs> well, so that's the cause of your relapse. You crumb. From now on, I'm going to be your nurse, Poochie. Ah, ah. Oh, Dr. Crunch, is Mr. Dithers really well enough to leave the hospital? Yeah, but we wouldn't want anything to happen to him. Uh, that is, nothing too serious. Oh, he'll be perfectly all right, I hope. Yeah. yeah I, I think you ought to give him an examination before he leaves. Well, if it'll rest your mind, I'll give him a quick brush. Huh? Get away from me, you carpenter. I'm perfectly all right. Well, you'll be on crutches for a while, Mr. Dithers. I hope you won't try to chase any young ladies on them. Dr. Crunch, have you met Mrs. Dithers, for heaven's sake? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed, yes. I know Mrs. Dithers. Oh, yes, indeed. And I know my husband. Oh, oh yes, indeed, and I know my boss. <laughs> my goodness, it seems to me that... <laughs> It's taking a long time to get Mr. Dithers out of the hospital. He certainly got in much faster. Yeah, he just picked his way in. <laughs> well, Mr. Dithers, let's see how you are. We'll put this thermometer in your mouth. No one's going to put a thermometer in your That's it. <clears throat> Mrs. Dithers, would you mind holding this thermometer in Mr. Dithers' mouth? Oh, well, Not uh, at all. I hate to impose on you this way, but he's biting my hand. <laughs> Doctor, why don't you bite him right back? Excellent idea. Get away from me. Hand me my crutches. Let's get out of here as fast as possible. That's an excellent idea, Mr. Dennis. 
Oh, uh, before you leave, here's a little souvenir of your visit here. Where is it? My bill. Let me see it, you snake oil salesman. Oh! 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 Now, oh, wait a minute, girls. Why are you leading me into my office blindfolded? It's hard enough for me to get around on these crutches. What's going on? Oh, we've got a little surprise for you, Julia. Yes, Mr. Gidders. Cora and I have fixed your office up while you've been in the hospital, and we want you to be surprised. Umstead. Ah. Uh, what have they done to my office? Uh, oh, you'll be surprised, all right. Ha, ha, ha. Sarah, why don't you sit right here in your chair, Mr. Gidders? Well, where is my chair? I'm blindfolded, you know. Oh, yeah. I can't feel anything but air underneath me. Yeah. I know how you feel, J.C., once I sat down where a chair wasn't, and I didn't sit down again for two weeks. <laughs> All right, I've found it. Now take the blindfold off, will you? Wait a minute. I, I want to get out of the office first. Why, Dagwood, aren't you going to stay and see how surprised Mr. Gidders is when he sees his surprise? Uh, no, thank you. I'd rather not thank you. I, I'd feel much safer sitting on the edge of Vesuvius and dangling my feet over the side. <laughs> I'll come back later, after the lab has cooled off a little bit. Well, come on. What awful things have you females done to my office? Oh, now, Mr. Gidders, we've just fixed it up a little. And I'll bet anything that it's the darlingest office in town. Oh, no. Take this blindfold off. Oh, right now, Julia, hold still. There we are. Surprise! Surprise! Good grief. Put the blindfold back on again. <laughs> oh, Julia, don't you like it? Why, Mr. Gibbers, don't tell us you're not crazy about the lovely lace curtains on the window. Oh, no. I haven't seen them. Uh, look at your dress, Julius. We put a cute little ruffled skirt all around it. Uh -huh. Oh. Isn't it lovely? It's just like the skirt around my dressing table. Oh. Did it have to be pink? <laughs> what in the world is that thing where the water cooler used to be? That is the water cooler, Julius. Oh, yes, we just put a slip cover over it. Oh. It was sort of ugly looking, and now I think it's kind of sweet. Why doesn't you put pants on the pencils? <laughs> <laughs> Just look at this office. It's monstrous. I had these walls painted a nice, inoffensive battleship gray. And now look at them. Covered with the jerkiest, bumsteadiest wallpaper I've ever seen. Julius, we thought that wallpaper was simply lovely. Don't you love those little orange and green cupids? They're driving me nuts. That's the busiest wallpaper I've ever seen. <laughs> it just goes woodly doodly, woodly doodly, idly piddly pants all over the wall. Now, I think it does a lot for your office, and it does something for your personality, too. Sure, it's going to drive me crazy. I may look perfectly sane right now. But don't be surprised if I start going... <laughs> oh, oh, well, at least you like the little blue and red bows we put on the filing cabinet. Oh, I hadn't seen that. Oh, this is terrible. You've ruined my office. I'll have to have the whole place done over again. Oh, Julius, you mean you don't like it at all? Oh, Mr. Githers, and we worked so hard to get everything cleaned up and, and to make the office really dainty. But I'm not the dainty type. Well, you could try, try to be. Never. I'll bet I'm the only man in the world who's got what 
practically a hand-embroidered office. Why, this place looks more like a boudoir. Even smells like a boudoir. <laughs> well, Julius, we did spray a little toilet water around. No! I knew it. Oh. Uh, Blondie, I-, I think we'd better just sort of sneak out. I'm afraid we made too many changes oh. at once. Oh, but Cora, that didn't make his eyes look so glassy. We'll, uh, we'll go shopping and come back later. Well, goodbye, Mr. Gibbers. Goodbye, Julius. Oh, if anyone came into this office and saw it now, they'd call me Julia Gibbers. Bounce head! Come into my office. Come in, Mother. Bounce head. Look at my office. I don't see anything. Well, open your eyes. Uh, do I have to look, Mr. Dithers? I did. Uh, oh, my. It is sort of an interesting nightmare, isn't it? Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> you think it's funny, eh? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I, I haven't got anything else to do. <laughs> all this happened while you were in charge of the Dithers Company, and I'm holding you responsible. You've got to make all the adjustments here at your own expense. I'll take care of these See, huh? Yes. Oh, my. Well, well, uh, Mr. Dennis, I know how. I, I, I could make things look a little more natural, but uh, you'll have to cooperate with me. I'll cooperate. What do you want me to do? Well, uh, things would look more natural if you just wear a skirt. Bumpstead. <laughs> I have you know I'm not the flower chin type. Uh, no, you're more of a dotted Swiss. No, no, no. Well, listen here, Bumstead. Yeah. You took advantage of me when I was in a hospital with a broken leg. You forced me to make you a vice president. Yeah, but... You've messed things up in my absence. And now I'm demoting you. Demoting me? Yes. I'm demoting you from vice president to temporary second assistant office boy. Oh. Junior Graves! But, Mr. Gaines, can you afford to demote me to what you... to the assistant... the vice... the thing... what you said? What do you mean, can I afford it? Well, haven't you seen the new Dithers Company stationery? No, let me see. Yeah, here it is. Oh, J.C. Dithers Construction Company? J.C. Dithers President? Dagwood Bumpstead... Permanent vice president. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's me. <laughs> Bumstead. Huh? How much of this stationery did you order? I got a five-year supply. Oh, no. Well, I, I figured that would make permanent last at least four or five years. <laughs> now, look at this. Huh? Look at your name there. Oh, well, I, I just put my name underneath yours, J.C., that's all. Yes, but your name is in bigger type. Well, <laughs> well it must have been a, a, type, a typographical error. <laughs> well... I'm going to send this stationery back to the prison, having put a big black blot across your name. Oh. And underneath it'll say, permanently censored. Oh. Now, where are the keys to the office I gave you? Oh, yes, right here, Mr. Gittes, but uh, I don't think the keys will work very good. Well, why not? Well, I, I suppose I ought to tell you that while you were away, I had a man change the locks on all the doors, including that locker for the drinking cup. Oh, Bumstead, you, you can't. That's the last camel that broke the stars. You're fired. Fired? Yes, like out of a cannon. I'm sorry I can't do it that way. No, no, Mr. Gibbons. You're, you're just joking now, aren't you? Huh? Oh, uh, Dagwood. Yeah? Chum. Hand me one of my crutches, will you? Oh, oh, sure. Sure, here you are, Mr. Gibbons. Thank you. No, no, I want to get hold of the bottom end. Uh, oh, yes, here. Mm. It's got a beautiful balance. It has that. Mr. Gibbons, you were just joking about firing me, weren't you? Well, <laughs> 
Turn around with your back to me, Dagwood. Like this, huh? Yeah. Now stoop over and pick up that pin. Oh, sure. I'll get it. Now a good swing. <laughs> no! No, maybe you'll believe you're fired. <laughs> I've just been fired. Oh, Dad, but Mr. Dithers didn't kick you out of his office again. No, he didn't kick me out. He batted me out. Oh. I sailed out like a high foul down the third baseline. I, I really didn't think he'd fire me, Blondie. Well, Dad, but Mr. Dithers is sort of upset today. Mm. He really didn't appreciate what Cora and I did to his office. Why, I'll never know. Mm. I thought his office was adorable. Yeah, well, let's get back to me, honey. I'm a tragic figure. I'm the only man in America unemployed. <laughs> now, Dad, would you know that Mr. Dithers needs you? Yeah, but Mr. Dithers doesn't know that. <laughs> well, why don't we just wait until he finds out and hires you back? Well, that's okay, but what do we do for money all those years? <laughs> all right, dear. I know you're worried about it. You know when Mr. Dithers wanted to get you back to work for him when he fired you before? Yeah. He tried a sob story on you. Why, he almost had you in tears. Yeah, I know he did, Blondie. I, I didn't believe his story, but he told it so well I couldn't help myself. Well, there's no reason you can't go back and give Mr. Dithers a sob story of your own. Uh, get him in tears. Get him so he's sobbing onto his desk blotter. Yeah, but what will I use for a story? Well, you've got a wife and two children and a dog and five puppies who like to eat regularly. What more do you want? Yeah, I guess so, but... Blondie, I, I, I don't know how to go about it. Well, dear, I'll sort of give you a story and coach you, and, and then I'll go along with you when you see Mr. Dither. You will? Yes. Now, you'll have to start out by going into his office and, and uh, saying something like, uh... uh like, um... Well, uh, Mr. Dithers, I didn't come back to the office to complain about your firing me. No, I came back to thank you. To thank you for all the wonderful things you've done for me. And to tell you that it kind of hurts me right here and makes me choke up to think that I'll no longer be working for one of the finest men I ever knew. Yeah, he is a fine man, too. <laughs> Oh, Dagwood, stop sniffling. Uh, what? You've got to make Mr. Dithers break down and sob and not yourself. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now, let's start practicing what you're going to say. Yeah. And when you're good enough, you can try it out on Mr. Dithers. All right, now, Dagwood, you remember what you're going to say, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, Blondie. Well, I'll wait right here outside his office while you go in and work on his tear glands. Yeah, okay, but, oh, my goodness, I, I, I'm not sure I can make him cry. I should have brought an onion along. <laughs> That's all right, Dagwood, I brought one. Oh. Here, put it under your own eyes. Huh? Here, like this. Hey, hey, you'll have me in tears. Well, that'll make it look authentic. Oh. And remember when you say it. It kind of hurts me right here. Uh, for heaven's sake, don't reach for the handkerchief in your hip pocket. Uh, oh, no, no, I won't. I, I, well, I, I, I guess I'm ready. Now, now, get to the side of the door, Blondie. I, I'm going to knock. All right. Good luck, dear. Yeah. Well, who is it? It's Jeff Dagwood, your faithful friend. Uh, <laughs> come in, if you dare. <laughs> Hello, faithful friend. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, lassie, go home. <laughs> hey, poor friend. What did you want? Uh, oh, uh, what did I want? Oh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Githers, I didn't come back to the office to complain about you firing me. No, I came back to thank you. To thank you... To thank you for... Uh, thank you. To thank you for all the wonderful things you've done for me and to tell you it kind of hurt me. Right here. Where? Right here. That's indigestion. <laughs> well, it, it could be appendicitis, couldn't it, huh? Well, let's hope it's nothing trivial. Uh, no. Finish what you were going to say and scram. Oh, scram? Uh, well, wait, wait a minute. I, I, I was going to say that, uh, that, that, uh... That it, that, excuse me for a minute, Mr. Dithers. Blondie, Blondie, where was I? I wanted to tell you that it kind of hurts me. Oh, yeah, thanks. Well, what was that? I, I just, uh, stuck my head outside to sneeze a minute. What happened to the sneeze? It evaporated. <laughs> Mr. Dithers, I wanted to tell you that it kind of hurts me right here. You said that. It, oh, yes, I did. And it makes me choke up to think I'll no longer be working for one of the finest men I ever knew. Why, oh, I thank you, Dagwood. You've been a real friend, a good pal and a buddy to me. And I'm going to miss your cherry smile and pleasant voice. Why, Dagwood, this is almost touching. <laughs> and Mr. Dittis, I'll always think of you as a... Being a kind, pig-hearted. Pig-hearted? Oh, Excuse me, old friend. I, I mean pig-headed. No, I mean... No, no, I meant big-headed. No, no. You mean big-hearted. Well, I... Oh, I did? Oh, yes, I did. I, excuse me a minute. I, I feel a sneeze coming on again. Blondie, my goodness, what, what shall I do now? Give up. Huh? You've ruined his mood. Oh. Pretend you just saw me, and then I'll come in and try to see what I can do. Yeah, I'll pretend I just saw you. Oh, hello there, Blondie. Oh, hello there, dear. Oh, hello, Mr. Dithers. Uh, well, Dagwood, why don't you start cleaning out your desk in your office? Oh, I don't think it needs it, Blondie. Oh, yes, it does, dear. No, I don't think. Yes? No, oh, I guess it does. Yeah, yes. I'll see you later. <laughs> oh, well, Mr. Dithers, we're certainly going to miss you. You've been wonderful to us, and we've certainly had some good times together. I think Dagwood and I have valued your friendship more than anyone else. Yes, at cut-rate prices. <laughs> and, you know, I don't believe our children will ever forget you either. You've been sort of like an uncle to them. Yeah, carbuncle. <laughs> and they think a lot of you, too. Just the other day, little Alexander said, Gee, Mom, Mr. Dithers is really a wonderful guy, isn't he? And I said, yes, of course. And Dagwood said, Alexander, I always know that I can count on Mr. Dibby. He's a person who'll never fail me. He's the nicest, swellest, sweetest guy I, I, I ever met. Did, uh, did Daggy say that about his old friend, did he? <laughs> yes, he did. I mean, uh, you know he feels that way about you, Mr. Dibby. Gee, I've been a heel to him. Why haven't I appreciated him more? <laughs> hey, how you doing, honey? Are you breaking him down? Oh, yes. Oh, I'll wait outside. 
Blondie, you were just handing me a sob story. Okay, Bumstead, scram. Hey, now, 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 Mr. Diddy, don't get upset. You, you need me here. I need you like I need a hole in my head. Oh, oh now, come on, Mr. Diddy. Hire me back. You know, it's it's really almost a sin to fire a vice president. It, it, well, it just isn't being done anymore. Uh, just a minute, Dagwood. Huh? I think it would be better to let Mr. Diddy fire you, and then you can sue him for spanking you with his crutch. Huh? And you can collect, too. Hey, 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 that's right, Blondie. And you know how Mr. Diddy always gets into trouble in court calling the judge an nincompoop. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good idea. Well, go ahead and sue me. Huh? You couldn't prove anything. Uh, is this the crutch you spanked Dagwood with? Yes, and I loved every second of it. Why, Mr. Dithers, look at this. Oh, oh my. Did he break that across me? Say, the crutch is broken. <laughs> oh, yes. So we'll just take this along for evidence. Hey, just yes. a moment. Uh, uh, Daggy, old boy. Uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, so long, dizzy old poochie. <laughs> Come on, Blondie. All right, dear. Goodbye, Mr. Dizzy. Uh, no, no, wait. Uh, so long, old Dagwood, boy. Dagwood, Dagwood, I really wasn't going to fire you for good. Uh, you uh, really weren't? Oh, no. I just wanted to try to squeeze your salary down a little. Mm. I'll hire you back. Vice president again, same salary. Oh, boy, okay. It's a deal. Congratulations, Mr. Diddy. Well, what do you mean? Congratulations on coaxing me back to work for you. Now, uh, Bum said, mm. don't tease me or I'll run your little finger into the pencil sharpener. Oh. <laughs> now, now, boys, boys, you mustn't quarrel. Congratulations, Dagwood. Oh, thanks, Blondie. Oh, you were wonderful, dear. You were so calm and self-assured. Yeah. And so masterful. That's me. And so forceful and dynamic. That's me. Why, why you're the most wonderful man in the world. Oh, thank you, honey. <laughs> Mr. Ditters? What? I want a to be a vice president, at least for a few more weeks. I uh, feel I ought to look a little more distinguished. No, Dagwood, you cannot carry a king. Uh, no, I, I didn't mean that, honey. I didn't mean that at all. Uh, what I mean was that, well, uh, 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 well, uh, could I grow a mustache, please? Yes, dear, I'll let you grow a mustache on one condition. You will? <laughs> okay, well, what's the condition? That you let me dye my hair green. Blondie is played by Penny Singleton and Dagwood by Arthur Lake. The musical score is composed and conducted by William Mark. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 